0: You're listening to the Local Open Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Heath. Today, we talk with Joe Nelson, locally known as Joe Rockstar. He's from the Daytona Beach, Florida area and comes from a musical family, all accomplished performers. His taste of the big time came as the lead guitarist of the very successful 90s and early 2000s band, Sozo. Joe brings his edgy style of playing and producing to the music he continues to release since his sozo days. He has a fascination with Christmas music. You don't hear that very often. He reveals the whys of that and so much more in this episode of Local Open Mic. He brought four songs for us to enjoy along with the backstories of each. Let's get right to Talking with Joe. And I'd like to welcome Joe Nelson. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's great to meet you. We've never met before we, uh, we hooked up here, but uh, we have a common friend in Corey Pryor, and he, uh, we interviewed him a few episodes ago. Um, so uh, how do you know Corey?
1: Well, I used to play in a band with Corey, and um, I did listen to that interview you did with him, and I played in the band Sozo uh, with him for some years and uh, then we were at the same church together for a while oh uh, yeah we've been friends for a long time
0: okay well we'll get into sozo maybe a little bit later because that'll fit into everything we talk about um so what have you been doing over the course of about the last year i know that the pandemic unfortunately we almost have to disclaim this every time (laughs) that uh Okay, so we know that the pandemic is around, and we've all been shut in at times, and other times more free. But what's been going on in your life that you want fans to hear? Well, what's
1: been going on, um, like every other creative being, <laughs> every artist, we, we thought we were going to get all this uh, work done, all this music produced. And um, I've had uh, a couple of tracks that, uh, that I put out um that I released for like streaming and download, but I, I was not the uh, 2020 work workhorse that I thought I was going to be. <laughs> so that's what's been going on. Just a, I've released a, a few singles and uh, just been trying to stay busy just making music.
0: What did you actually get accomplished in the last year with music and doing things, releasing stuff?
1: Okay, so um, I released... Um, a single, which was a cover of uh, a Billy Eilish song called uh, "Bad Guy," and I did like a musical, like rock cover of that. Uh, like instrumental rock is like my forte. That's sure. what, that's what I like to do. And um, so I released that. Um, that actually had a little bit of success and got some uh, shazams and some streams. So I'm happy about that. And then uh, musically, obviously, you know, a lot of us, except for Florida, has been locked down uh, we, we locked it down for like you know a month and then opened back up but even even so like the local music scene has not been happening um other than that if it wasn't 2020 i'd maybe do the occasional like bar gig with a friend or something like that um but uh, i play at my church locally uh at least once a month and so i i stay busy doing that too
0: do you play at church all the time or
1: yeah, all the time. I, um, It's just, uh, I came from a local church where I was uh, doing the uh, the band scheduling and uh, the, the getting together of, you know, the music and the musicians and all that stuff. And that was like a, a almost another, you know, a full-time job. And I was doing that and I had to like scale my work back. It was becoming too much. And to the point where I was like not looking forward to going to church and that wasn't a good thing. So then I like, <laughs> found this other local church and they're like hey can you come in once a month and play and I'm like yep sold perfect
0: <laughs> so this year's been fairly limited in reality for you hasn't it um yeah yep. Yeah. so um uh, what went on prior to let's notch back a few more years in pre-pandemic how was life for you
1: uh, Pre pandemic was a little more busy uh, music wise. Like I said, I would just do the um, occasional like uh, playing out gig. Um, I played a lot more at, at my church. Like I said, I was almost playing, you know, once a week then. And um, I released uh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, which was like my first like in studio produced single that I made myself without, you know, the, the help of anyone or me not being a part of a band so that was like a, a pinnacle moment for me i wanted to like to release a single to you know, show that I'm like i could do it and you know i've spent years and years in recording studios but i'm like you know i've never like just made my own music and that's pretty much when that started uh, 2018 and then through to 2019
0: so tell us about the making of it maybe we'll play that one first dance of the sugar plum fairy is there more of the story to it uh
1: Yeah, there's, um, it's, uh, you know, traditionally it's a, it's a Christmas tune and, um, I was born on uh, Christmas Eve. I was actually just a few minutes away from being a Christmas day baby. And so Christmas music has always just been like, you know, a a part of my wheelhouse and what I remember around my birthday. And so when I was thinking of a a, a song to do, like a a single to do, what am I going to do that's going to be like my first just solo released for me as like an instrumental guitar player and i was like it's got to be like some kind of christmas tune and then i thought of something that i could uh trans-siberian orchestra it up kind of so to speak and then uh, dance of the sugar plum fairy like came to my mind and i'm like that's that's a cool tune it's classical I can give it like a like a hard rock edge, and then literally like th- the riff and everything just kind of started uh, spilling out when I was uh, recording, and I'm like, yep, keep, 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 <laughs> and then just kind of like developed it from there.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, I tell you what, since we've talked about it, I think we ought to play it. Let's get right to it. This is Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. Mm-hmm. that's a fun song total rocking out
1: <laughs> thank you
0: <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard it done quite like that that's that's very cool <laughs>
1: thank you appreciate yeah, that we're planning
0: on uh, maybe doing a uh, local open mic christmas compilation with some of the artists from from our uh interviews that do christmas music and this has to be the rock representation of that that is uh that's amazing <laughs> Perfect. Thank a, a you. Rock and Christmas. That's for sure. <laughs> you are really all about rock and roll. I mean, there's there's no compromise there for you.
1: <laughs> nope. Yeah. What's uh, the, the irony of that? Yeah. I've always been like a, a rocker at heart, kind of just uh, uh, from an early age. That's uh, the, the type of music that spoke to me. And um, the irony of that is is I've played in. Any type of genre of a band, you name it, I've played it. I've not played in a rock band. How funny is that?
0: That's that's (laughs) curious. I would say I've never played in a jazz band, no matter how much I like jazz, because I can't play the stuff. <laughs> but you, on the other I have hand... some
1: cheater boxes that I can do, and a couple of scales that I know where I can cheat my way through if need be, and I've had to do that before.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, that's great, rock. That's the kind of stuff uh, that I can come back to all the time. Good stuff. Right. Since you're all about rock, tell us about your handle. You, you're from the Daytona Beach area. Yes, sir. Have you lived there your whole life? Yeah, pretty
1: much, except for um, uh, except for my teen years. Uh, I was uh, born in Daytona, and then, um, yeah, I've, I've lived here. Uh, I came back uh, to Daytona when I graduated high school, and uh, I've been here ever since. And l- locally, that's just kind of how I became known, like Joe Rock, Rocker Joe, and then like Joe Rock kind of stuck. So when I was coming up with an artist name for myself, uh, my wife was like, why not Joe Rock? That's how everybody knows you anyway. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then Joe Rock was born. <laughs>
0: he 's larger than life Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well that's that's pretty cool uh, having a handle where people know you locally and and uh, they know the joe rock they don 't know the pretenders uh, that's pretty cool, of course, the name is fairly common, right but, <laughs> but a yes it big is fish in i didn 't think pond. that through
1: <laughs> when i when I went to go uh make the artist name and, and register it and do it all that to start, you know, making the music and putting the singles up. I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's a Joe Rock. Oh, there's also a Joe Rock. And yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, trying to find a, uh, a web name and uh, like a, a Gmail or Hotmail name is very humbling. When you think you have this great <laughs> idea for a unique, uh, unique name, you suddenly put it in and they put like 12 numbers after it. Because nope.
1: you have to be Joe Rock four seven eight nine two. Because that
0: many people have probably grabbed that name, figuring they could. Everybody would remember those those numbers afterwards. Uh, right. Uh-huh. But we all have email names that we've tried to get or or found variations of that we regret. Let me tell you. Um, okay, so that was that was a good song. Great story behind it. You mentioned earlier uh, a band called Sozo. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and maybe some other bands you've been in over the years, but uh, Sozo had some success as I recall right. in the nineties and uh, give us the lowdown on that.
1: okay, so starting with Sozo, um, I was uh, they were looking for uh, a guitar player to complete this like electronica band, and Sozo was already uh, successful at the time, or getting ready to uh, be successful with their second album, so I kind of came in at the right time, just as, like, (laughs) the non-pioneering guitar player, like, oh, hey, you need a guitar player? Uh, Here I am. And uh, Corey, at the time, uh, was local, and I had met him because of uh, church connections that we had. They were looking for a guitar player, and I just... Happened to uh, fit the bill, and there I was. And um, what's unique about Corey? I'll brag on him a little bit. Is um, he's he's not a guitar. Well, I, I I think he is kind of a guitar player now, but he wasn't then. He's a he's a keyboard player, but he would always. Uh, give me this great advice as, uh, as a guitar player, like what you should do on stage, what this needs to look like, what, what, what do you think this needs to sound like? And, um, really helped like hone my craft. Cause I mean, at the time I was only like a, you know, 19, 20 year old kid. He, he really helped a lot, like shape a lot of like my style and, uh, how I played. And so I started, uh, after they had just released that uh that, that second album the walk and then i started doing like the uh, touring and playing with them i am not on the album that's another great guitar player but i would mimic those parts <laughs> and uh, go uh, play with them whenever they would do their live shows and then i was the guitar player after after that after uh sozo kept going into 2000 2001
0: did they ever release anything else after that second uh, album
1: We almost did, and um, (laughs) after uh, after spending time in the uh, Christian music industry, which uh, sometimes can be more cutthroat than the uh, secular music industry, uh, the band decided that hey, let's uh, let's try our hand in the secular realm, and we did. And uh, we got shopped around. We had some uh, record labels uh, looking at us, and. We were right at the pinnacle, like getting ready to, to sign and move on to being more kind of like a secular uh, pop group. Shack. act, And then the uh, couple of members of the band went their separate ways, and the, the band kind of just uh, fell apart after that. Yeah,
0: it's hard to keep a band together when key members decide that uh, they have other things they'd rather be doing. Right. So, um, so you were with them starting in what year again?
1: It was yeah, either the 97 or 98. I'm really having to like okay. scratch my brain. They, I'm pretty sure 98. They,
0: if I'm correct, they started in 94.
1: Right. right. And in 94, it was just, uh, uh, Corey and Danielle. And then somewhere in 96, they added a uh, bass player, Aaron. And then, um, and then in 97, 98, they added me, Joe. And, uh, Aaron actually, uh, uh, w- one of the members that left, he actually went on, to, he still is, um, Kid Rock's, uh, bass player. Okay. So he, so he went on to do good things.
0: Do you guys keep in touch?
1: Um, I talked to him like, B-b-b-b-b-b. no, it would have been like a decade ago. I was going to say, yeah, I talked to him, but now that I was like doing the math, I'm like, no, it's been like a decade. So no,
0: <laughs> it seems like just yesterday.
1: <laughs> it's funny how time goes like that. <laughs>
0: No, it's true. There are people I th- I could swear I've talked with in the last few months, and my wife reminds me, no, it's been uh, the last few years. <laughs> so that's what happens when you get older, that the acknowledgement of time is uh, different. So uh, what was your favorite Sozo moment, concert-wise, oh song-wise, whatever?
1: There are so many Sozo stories, I wouldn't even, like... There was there was a lot of like funny memories of uh, Sozo, and after you've interviewed Corey, you, you know that he's <laughs> he's a cut up. So I, he was always a practical joker. So I could tell a million stories of us like on the road and some of the madcap things that uh, Corey was involved in. But as far as like me personally uh, being in Sozo. Um, we just happened to be playing this local gig in, like, Daytona, which which never happened because it was, like, this huge, sprawling, like, Krishna event that they, they just happened to hold here. It was called Spring Harvest, I remember. And it was at the uh, Daytona Beach Bandshell, and it was huge. I mean, just huge crowd. And it was one of my first shows I did with them. And I remember, like, walking out onto the stage with my guitar, looking out and seeing, like, the sea of people and the lights and everything. Because, I mean, I've been playing in bands and shows and at churches since I was, you know, 14, 15, but I'm like 19, 20 walk out on stage. I got my guitar in my hand and I'm just looking out and it's just like sea of people. And I was like, Oh wow. I hope I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> it was kind of like a, a pinnacle moment for me. And I don't really get like stage fright or jitters or anything like that. I never have. And I just remember looking out and feeling like this calm, like, okay, let's do this. And it was just like a good, like, Rock beginning for me.
0: Well, I've, pre- I've played in front of uh, large crowds before, too. Not not festival size. But uh, I find I, pl- I actually am more settled and play better and perform better the larger the crowd. It seems like the intimacy of a small yeah, group that's what really I was rattles say. me.
1: The intimacy. You feel like... You're kind of being judged if it's a smaller crowd. I don't know. If it's, it's just a sea of people, you're like, okay, there's a bunch of faces.
0: <laughs> you know, I've never understood that because when I got into music, probably not unlike you, you thought the reverse would be true. That, oh, a yeah. small, intimate crowd. I like that. I like the connection. You know, not me so much. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wanted the big crowd that uh, you can feed off the energy of people. Uh, did you find that was the case?
1: yep it's um it's it was the case and still is um yeah i mean you still do what you do especially like in the secular realm if you're playing you you still like put on a show and give it your all and just like (laughs) give it 110 percent. but man if you're playing and you look out and everybody's just like just staring like they're just it, it it really it saps your energy well you know after
0: hearing you uh do the lead stuff on Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, I can believe that when the crowd was getting into your playing, I mean, you just went in full Van Halen hammer-ons and the whole thing.
1: <laughs> it does. It helps. It, it, like, it, it boosts you. And um, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. I, uh, I didn't ask Corey too much about some of uh, the moments in Sozo. Uh, we didn't spend too much time, so this is good to hear some of this stuff. Now, yeah. What other bands have you been in?
1: Okay, so my first uh, band, I was a drummer, uh, believe it or not, and then uh, my mom did a lot of praying that, uh, she said, Lord, I want him to get into music, but why'd you have to put him on the drums? (laughs) And uh, so I ended up playing in a band with uh, her for a while. I was like the drummer in her, um, she did like a, a 70s, like top 40 band with her and her friend and a couple of people, and I was like the drummer in that band, and I was like I said, 14 years old, literally learning how to play the drums while these ladies sing and play their guitars. And uh, so that was my first band. They didn't really have a name. They would just, you know, show up and play or sometimes just get together and play.
0: Apparently you have uh, very talented parents, then. Tell us about them.
1: Yeah, sure. Like, uh, my mom, like I mentioned, uh, whose name is also Joe, and I always joke with her and tell her that I'm uh, Joe Jr., and then that makes her mad but uh she uh has <laughs> her entire side of the family can at least play the guitar at least and then uh most of them are like multi instrumentalists um from Alabama so there's a lot of like country and bluegrass influence and uh so she's always been able to play the guitar and sing she plays piano um, banjo, a couple, a couple that she can dabble on the mandolin, a couple other instruments too. And, uh, somewhere in her teen years, this would have been in the sixties where like, you know, the, the girl groups were uh, popular, like, you know, the Motown groups and stuff like that, that there was a, a local guy wanting to sign her and her trio that she was in and they were going to whisk him off to Nashville. And my mom says, no, nope, I don't want that life. And she, uh, and she walked away from it. And that was, that was the end of, Uh, Her uh, quick, you know, brushwood fame, and uh, but she's uh, always played like locally in the church. uh, Really gifted, good voice. I've I've recorded a couple albums with her, (laughs) and uh, and then my dad. uh, It's kind of weird because my dad plays. um, He grew up playing big band. He uh, would play like piano, uh, drums, brass instruments, uh, organ. I only saw him play the piano one time, and it was weird because I was, I was a kid, and my mom was like, oh yeah, your dad can play. I never even thought about it. I looked over one day as they were moving a piano, and he popped open the piano and did this jazzy, crazy like number really quick and looked over at me and then just shut the piano, and it's the only time I ever saw him play, and it's, it's a shame because he he was amazing. Did, and then,
0: Did you ever ask him why he didn't play piano around you?
1: No, and I, I, I wish I would have. He, He's no longer with us, sadly, so I, I'll never know the answer. I guess it d- makes the story even more like, mysterious, because <laughs> I never asked, and I guess I'll never get an answer.
0: So I, I think I interrupted when we were talking about the other bands that you've played in. I wanted to get back oh. to that, because uh, sometimes they segue often when it seems appropriate to ask a question, but get back to the bands
1: I played in a, a blues band that was called Bob, just B-H-O-B, kind of a play on fish, P-H-I-S-H. And uh, we we played locally as well. I was the lead guitarist for that band, which was funny because I was a Metallica, you know, metalhead, 16-year-old, 17-year-old kid. But this was a blues band, and they wanted blues riffs, so I would take my little pentatonic scales that I knew and would try and make them not sound like Metallica. And, <laughs> and I played with that band for a couple of years. And then the kid that played drums in that band with me, uh, he ended up moving on to play keyboards. And then I played in a band with him uh, later as well. And then came Sozo after that. And I was with Sozo up until 2001, 2002. After that, I um, was in, uh, and then a, a slew of like Christian praise and worship bands uh from the mid-2000s forward and and my one singing claim to fame uh for you christian listeners out there is i was in uh benny hen's choir one time
0: <laughs> ah there you go
1: <laughs> didn't even know much about benny hen i was just in the right place at the right time and the, the church that i was with at the time was gonna, gonna go support his ministry and they're like can you sing and i'm like sure but i was short so they put me right up front so i'm like Right up front in this choir singing, and it's funny because I hate my voice, but <laughs> that's my one singing debut.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, in in the interview with Corey, when I asked him some of the things that if he could do stuff different, uh, he had mentioned he wished he'd started singing much earlier. So, yes, um,
1: yeah. and I love his voice. He, I, yeah, he's I, I got a good got voice. A Great voice. And uh, same thing, but when when I sing, I don't know, I sound kind of like loungy, like pardon me boy, is that the Chattanooga choo you and it just sounds like I don't like my voice the, the the cadence so I just I try I can hit the notes but I don't like my voice
0: <laughs> so did you write any of the music that Sozo produced did you participate uh, in it
1: uh just the, uh, the 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 guitar parts and um every now and then like in, in the studio with Corey um but uh, working with Corey back in Sozo I, and he wouldn't mind me saying this he, he liked for things to sound a certain way and didn't really like a whole lot of input from the producers standing behind him, which was me <laughs> <laughs> So I just knew when and where to put my two cents in if if at all but um, but the guitar parts yeah those those were uh, me later on in uh, in other tracks.
0: So if somebody were to listen to post second, album sozo music your fingerprints would be all over that wouldn't they
1: yes sir that would that was all me
0: okay that's cool so tell it me- is
1: out there you just got to find it yeah right
0: <laughs> so uh tell us how you got started playing music go back sure. to the very beginning
1: <laughs> well back to the very beginning uh my musician mother uh tried to get me to uh, start with guitar And this would have been, I would have probably been eight, nine years old, somewhere like that, you know, where you look like you're holding the big, you know, Mexican guitars because you're a small child. And um, I just was not into it because they were showing me notes and how to read the staff and the sheet music. And for like a child doing that, I just, it would have been better if they would have been like, here's G, here's C, here's D. And like get me to to play along with them, but I just was not sticking with it. And I'm like, Mom, I don't want to do this. And she was like, Well, you know, I always said I was never going to force him into music. I just I I want him to do it, but if it's if he's not going to do it, he's not going to do it. And and that was it. So I I didn't pick up any instrument again until um 14. Like I said, I was playing the uh, I started playing the drums for for the band just because the drum set was there. And I'm like. I I bet I could probably do this, and then (laughs) I just started after that. Um, The guitar actually is a a funny story, picking up guitar. Uh, In this band that I was in, uh, the lady uh, that was in the band, her name was Catherine. She was actually a very good lead guitar player, like uh, like really jazzy, and she could do rock riffs and everything else. And uh, she had a uh, cockatiel, you know, one of those little birds, and uh, she would uh he would whistle the Andy Griffith theme song, like that show, the Andy Griffith show, and, and she would like play the guitar along to it and while he would whistle it. And I used to think it was like the funniest thing. And so she was like, oh he sings it in D And I'm like, what do you mean D? She was like, oh like the key of D. Here I'll show you. And she literally just started showing me like the key of D and like the rest was history. I'm like, oh I can do this and I started learning chords and then like it clicked. I was just like I'm going to be a guitar player.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you know I'm And that
1: bird is still alive. That wow. bird is still alive. He's got to be 30 something years old. I didn't even know they lived that long. Co-
0: <laughs> was it a cockatiel?
1: Yeah, and they uh, don't normally live that long, but wow. yeah. I, I checked in a couple of, uh last year. <laughs> He's still with us.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I mean, I would have expected it from a parrot, uh, <laughs> right. one of the larger parrots, but uh, a cockatiel right. I I had no view to their lifespan, but that's a that's pretty amazing. Yep. So when when did you actually pick up playing guitar then?
1: So guitar, I was either fifteen or sixteen. I, I'm pretty darn sure fifteen. And then once I started learning guitar, like I don't know, it seems like every other teenage boy, I like wanted to go to like rock or metal and start you know, uh, learning that. And um, Def Leppard was like my first rock band, and then like I. Started learning like little riffs from them. And uh, yeah, so 15-year-old kid and literally, I, I know it's like a fashionable thing for a guitar player to say, but like literally playing until my fingers bled. Like that's how much I wanted to like right. learn and play.
0: Yeah, I, I know that experience. I've done that too. So <laughs> uh, let's, I want to get to another song. Tell us about uh, Hate Street.
1: Okay, so Hate Street came about because uh, my wife, Lindsay, is a fan of the uh, band Amberlin, And that that was uh, one of their songs. It's a pretty faithful rendition of Hate uh, Street. Because I was like, you know, I'm going to do this song. And because, uh, and you know, my wife really likes the band. I like Amberlin too, for that matter. And um, I like, um, like female vocals especially like on rock stuff I think it like lends itself and I was like I need to find like a vocalist that that can sing this and then I found uh Nicole Carino uh online and uh, I loved her voice and I was like hey will you sing on this song and she was like oh sure um I don't know my schedule's kind of booked you know giving me the typical you know artist thing i'm really booked but and i'm like okay well it's hate street by amberlyn yada yada and she's like oh my gosh i i loved amberlyn when i was um a a preteen like teenager (laughs) yes of course i'll do it i'm gonna i'm gonna move this up and she like had it done within like a day and had it like turned around back to me and i loved her vocals on the track it was just it was like perfect for the song i thought in my humble opinion
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean i've listened to it uh, before uh we're about to play it, so yeah, it's really good. And where did you find her?
1: Oh, she was on. A, it's a website called Fiverr. Okay. And it's where you like um, hire like artists, singers online to uh, help out. I was gonna. I, I try to give back locally, and I had this girl lined up that was gonna. Uh, who also had a good voice. that was gonna do it locally, and our schedules just could not get together. So, so, so let me <laughs> ask you: um,
0: How much of the production of the song did you have to do in advance before your singer? uh dropped her track on
1: I would I would say I got about like 90% there like it was almost a finished track including like guitar solo and everything because I wanted them to like really hear what it sounded like and then I just you know tweaked some stuff and did some you know mastering after that
0: So for the people listening Hate Street is like hate ashbury type hate uh, Yes not, not the, hate not like I hate you kind.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) Let's get to it. Hate Street. that's cooking thank you that's really good now of the music is that you playing all the instruments in that song
1: yeah that's all me uh keys drums bass everything so
0: that's your drumming too wow that's yeah in fact i focused in on that because i know you're a great guitar player i didn't have to ask that but i'm listening to the drums going is that really joe yeah so i had to ask that's wow absolutely great and thank you 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 know, what can you say about it? So, good job. I'm sure your wife is quite impressed with that and happy uh, you did it.
1: Yep, yep, she was. She was She was impressed.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. So, uh, let's talk about family a little bit. Uh, tell us about, uh, you know, she became an adult and went into relationships and kids and all that.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. So, um, yep, um, went through, uh, like, a lot of musicians went through... Uh, one marriage. <laughs> that didn't work out. I'm on wife number two. She is working out because I know she's going to be listening. Yep. I love you, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, she's great. And um, what's funny is uh, I met her by, um, oh, well, I guess you could call it uh, Providence because uh, this was uh, again at a local church. The church that I was playing with at the time needed a, uh, Uh, A background singer um, for the for the stage you know to uh, support the worship leader and uh, they didn't have anybody at the church that week and so like they uh, the guy that was doing the organizing at the time called this cute uh, redhead and was like hey uh, (laughs) do you want to come over and do uh, backups and uh, she showed up and I was like oh hey
0: Hello, and, uh, <laughs> redhead.
1: Exactly. And uh, the rest was kind of history after that. And uh, n- no kids or anything. We, uh, we have nieces and nephews, and uh, we have a very cute French bulldog, and uh, our-, our life is full.
0: <laughs> oh, good, good. So uh, I'm noticing in the background a wall of guitars. Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> sure. How many do you to... have? For a guitar player, I'm actually pretty reserved. I've, you know, I've only got like five or six, you know. That... <laughs>
0: yeah, that I know is that's reserved.
1: A, that's a low number for a guitar player. But yeah, my, um, I, well, I know this is audio only, but the, the red one back there, um that was actually my uh sozo guitar and uh i i still play it it's a it's a joe satriani uh, ibanez okay
0: there's
1: there's still scuffs on the neck where i would you know jump up onto the drum risers and bang the cymbals and flip around which i don't know if the drummer drummer appreciated it or not but it looked good and uh
0: (laughs) very showy yeah (laughs)
1: he's like you jerk those cymbals are expensive (laughs) Uh, and um then the uh the, the newest one to the arsenal is my uh, uh telecaster right here and uh the uh the telecaster you'll actually hear on uh, uh one, of, one of the tracks coming up and then uh my acoustic is a breed love and um i just played that at a wedding uh, a couple of months ago uh, i think it was my first wedding <laughs> wedding gig and then um my blue one over there is another Ibanez. Ibanez, call me, would you? I'm, you know, i I'm, I'm really got a lot of Ibanez in my collection. And that's an, an AS93. It's a hollow body guitar. And it's just a very versatile guitar. You can rock it, blues it, country it, whatever you need.
0: Well, my current bass guitar is an Ibanez. So, yeah, they make... Oh, and my bass, bass is. is an Ibanez, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a small world. It is. <laughs> Is that? Let me just, because the fans can't see this, but I think they'll be interested. In the back there, the uh, Telecaster is that an F-hole Telecaster? Yes, yes, it is.
1: Yep, and um, it's it's uh, yeah, thin body is what they call it. Yeah, I was like, it's not hollow body. Yeah, that's what it is, thin body. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really great sounding guitar. If you're not careful with your pickups, you're gonna be playing country before you know it. So you have to be like <laughs> careful. Very. <right? laughs> Funny story, I was playing uh, this song in church a, a few months ago and the guitar solo part came up and uh, I had the, uh, the bridge pickup in the wrong position and, yeah, I swear it was like, you know, Florida-Georgia line start and, you know, and I had to, like, switch the pickups really quick. It's, it's very country. Not that there's anything wrong with country. It just wasn't the genre we were playing.
0: Right, right. Now, didn't Sozo spend some time in Nashville?
1: yes. And, um, they, uh, I wasn't there for that. I, I was there for, uh, other, other parts of the touring, but not, uh, Nashville, but, uh, Small World, uh, the, uh, engineer that produced that album, uh, I'm actually friends with, and he, uh, lives here in town. Uh, his name's Aaron. He's, like, he's won Doves and Grammys and everything else. He's, like, if you Google him, you'd be impressed, but he's very, like, unassuming. And, uh... I just happened to look up his discography one day just just for giggles. And I had already been friends with him for years and I was going through and looking at his discography and I'm like, "Sozo The Walk." And I'm like, "Hey man, you <laughs> You were the engineer on this album." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. And so we got a good laugh out of that."
0: You know, it's funny when you talk with some people that are very unassuming, humble even, unpretentious they oftentimes have industry successes that you'd never know about because they just never think to mention it.
1: Yeah, this guy was just like a sound guy at a church that I played in um, a long time ago. And then we were just friends. And then he started you know, teaching music production class. I didn't think anything about it. And then I went into his studio one day and looked at his walls and I'm seeing like uh, Faith Hill and like all these other like artists. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. I am like, oh, you, you did all that. <laughs> That's impressive.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. And I know uh, an artist that uh, we recently interviewed that it was after the interview was done. And we're just, you know, sort of doing the mop up a uh, post interview sort of talk. I find out the guy did a Christmas song and back in 2010, somebody from American Idol did it on an album.
1: That would have been nice to include, that right? That would have
0: been good for the podcast.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: So that's, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Something that surprised me interviewing Corey Pryor was uh, towards the end, and we included it as a bonus track, he did some fairly ethereal music. Now, you have a song you provided called Iridium. Why don't you tell us about that, and we'll play that.
1: Okay, sure. I'd love to. Um, I like science, but I kind of like the mystery and the wonder of science like i'm kind of at like a bill nye mr wizard level like if you start getting into the wonkery of science my eyes glaze over but if you if you get into the like physical properties of science i i love that and that's kind of how this uh track was birthed uh, iridium's just it's a cool element and um what, what i'm finding that i'm doing just subconsciously with like my tracks as i name them i'm giving them some kind of like sciencey or <laughs> naturey names because it, it kind of uh it speaks to me it's kind of a happy accident because um cory as you know when you interviewed him like he uh did these. um table of the elements uh album with uh, with all these different elements and uh, frequencies and uh, mine was just it, mine was just like a, a name I was thinking of I was like God, I- iridium that's a cool element and then when I was playing the song I was like well maybe I should call it lithium and then because it's a play on uh like the the 90s grunge uh, station from uh uh, Sirius XM which was like my favorite station back when I had Sirius XM and the the track when I was making it, it kind of sounded uh, like Smashing Pumpkins kind of like mellow uh, grunge and it made me think of Lithium I'm like no Lithium's, I, I can't do that and then I went with Iridium and I'm like Iridium is like a awesome element I'm gonna that's what, that's what I'm gonna call it.
0: <laughs> well that's a cool story so why don't we play Iridium. Oh, that's a good song you're a really good producer i take it you played everything on that too
1: yep <laughs> everything on that um oh well okay sort of cheating here the drums uh were actually a, a a programmed drum track that i tweaked i i found it by happy accident and i was like you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna fly this track over and use it um but unique about this track is everything you heard was just like live one take I, I did it for like a, a video that I was making and be, I, I had to do it by necessity because like I don't really have any video editing skills so I'm like I, <laughs> I've got to get this right and play this right so I just <laughs> hit record and went for it
0: <laughs> so do you have a studio in your home what kind of equipment do you use or are you computer based completely or yeah
1: computer based completely and um uh, again a shout out to Corey for that because if if not for him i would have uh, you know went way over budget and got like a, a desk and faders and all this stuff so uh what i have is i have my um my computer my uh my monitors my sound card my MIDI keyboard and some mics, and that's it. And then I mic what, mic whatever I need to, and uh, plug plug in wherever I need to.
0: So do you have the room that you record in sound reinforced at all, or is it?
1: Yeah, um, I forgot I've moved studios since a, a couple of those recordings. So the first one, uh, yes. This one, no. Um, this one I've done my uh, twenty. Let's see okay the track you just heard um iridium that was done in this studio so um
0: yeah do you have a lot of uh songs you put out
1: i do i've got um let's see since 2018 i've probably done like i did a full christmas album and the single dance of the sugarplum fairy was on there that was like six tracks and then I've put out another five or six uh, since then. Isn't that horrible that I don't have that on the top of my head?
0: <laughs> are they uh, all EP length, you know, five or six?
1: No, it's uh, those are just been singles. The the um, only like actual album um, that I put out was the Christmas album. But I, I do have one coming s- soon, but we can talk about that later or whatever you'd like
0: well now's a good a time as good a time as any why don't you tell us what's coming up okay what's coming up for Rockstar joe (laughs)
1: well what's coming up is um as you heard from that last track i I like doing more mellow stuff too and what i'm trying to produce now is what i would call background music for the foreground (laughs) so it's music that that's easily like palatable that anybody can listen to but it still has you know nice guitar work and can just sit there in the background but be good enough to where it's like considered for the foreground so I'm, I'm, I'm working on uh, tracks for that uh, Iridium might make it into that fold as a matter of fact and then I'm working on another project where I'm going to just experiment and take um, a bunch of hip hop beats and play guitar with them and see what happens and I'm just going to noodle around on the guitar and see what comes of that just as my own little like experiment to see what happens but there's no time stamp for that
0: (laughs) do you do all your music creation alone or do you have people that you co-write co-produce with
1: you would think with the people i know and the resources i have i would but i don't I, i do all this myself um i just
0: wow that's impressive oh thank you So I tell you what, we have another song that uh, is, uh, I like this song. It's definitely a rock song. It's called Arch Reaction. Arc Reaction is the name of it. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: Okay, so this was um, my first (laughs) non-Christmas song that I made. This would have been in uh, 2018, I believe. And, uh, again, here we go back to, like, science and stuff again. I was I was thinking of, like, how, uh, electricity, lightning, how it arcs, um, the, the reaction that happens when that happens, and I, it, that was, like, the title that was, I was, was piecing together in my mind as I was ma- making this song, and I wanted to start the song off kind of jazzy, where it sounded like it was going to be, like, some kind of, like, progressive rock thing, and then, like, with my other track, uh, with Dance of the Sugar Plum Perry, I like to just hit people in the gut midway through and, <laughs> and, and give them some rock.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great song. So this is called Arc Reaction. Thank you. I like how it builds up. And, 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 you know, you're about two-thirds through the song before you hit that <laughs> punchy rock piece. Right. Uh, very good. Yeah, very good. I like it a lot. So I wanted to get back to something you mentioned just before we started this song, more Christmas music. What's your fascination with Christmas music?
1: <laughs> I I think it's just um, it's a lot of good childhood memories because, um, like I said, I was born Christmas Eve. So whenever Christmas is happening, um, it's a party for me. And <laughs> so w- in, when I started hearing Christmas music in the stores, uh, I mean, when you're a kid, you know, you're not thinking about, you know, the spiritual significances or anything else of Christmas. You're like, Oh, okay. There's a party for me coming up soon, you know? And I think that's planted the seeds and ever since. And like, uh, I've, really liked christmas music always have always enjoyed it and like any any style any genre uh, of like you know christmas holiday tunes I've, I've always liked now uh my wife will start uh on you know september if i let her like with the christmas music and i just you know i don't want to start that early but i really do like the christmas music
0: <laughs> gotta draw the line somewhere <laughs> Yeah, in our house, we didn't start playing Christmas music till after Thanksgiving. It was right? sacrilege yes. to play it before. And
1: yeah, yeah. Lin- Lindsay and I do not see eye to eye on that. So we meet in the middle, and I let her start after Halloween.
0: <laughs> there you go. It's, a, it's probably a modern compromise that works, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Where can people find your music?
1: Okay, so um, my music is distributed, like, Anywhere like Apple, iTunes, Spotify, you know, Google Play, YouTube, um, it's 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 all over wherever music is being distributed. Uh, I'm there. I am a little hard to find because, like I said, there's a lot of Joe Rocks out there. But if it's if you run it all together, J O E R O C K, uh, y- you'll you'll find the music there on on one of those platforms. And then, like I said, I'm also on YouTube. I I do use like the alternate platforms as well. I'm on Rumble as uh joe rock and um actually me recording iridium is on uh rumble like just it's it was like a live recording of me doing it and so that's that's out there
0: oh that's cool i'm on rumble also oh. uh not as local open mic but as my my regular name. <laughs> and um so how do they find how do we find you on youtube it just type in joe rock all one word and yep
1: it it it's it is on YouTube and you just have to do a search for Joe Rock. But if you go to um, any of my social medias, like I'm I'm Joe Rock on uh, Instagram, I'm Joe Rock on Facebook. If you go to any of those, there's links that like you can click on to that'll get you there uh, easier. What's funny is I have more like plays on uh, Rumble than I do uh, YouTube, which is which is funny. I was just looking at that.
0: <laughs> so that's fascinating that you're also on Rumble and you uh, because not many people are uh that i have interviewed although rumble is growing very fast so we have grabbed that we've grabbed your facebook uh, link um i'm wondering uh, do you have a presence on MeWe? i do not you see local open mic is on MeWe too you should check it out okay
1: i've heard of it but i i'm not on there i'll check it out
0: can people buy your christmas release the one the one you did oh sure
1: Yeah, there's, um, it's on, uh, like I said, it's on any of the music distributions, but if they want an actual CD, I have those too. They're at, um, cdbaby.com.
0: Okay. So we'll have all the links for the various social media in the description. So if you're listening to this, just go whatever streaming site you're on. Some of this stuff will be there. A couple questions. If you could do something different, if you could go back and talk to a younger you or to anybody starting out, what would you do different?
1: Um, music wise, for sure, I would talk to younger me and say, take the opportunities that come your way, like take all the opportunities that, uh, come your way. And, um, the reason I say that is, um, uh, and I don't think Corey got into this, but he and I actually, um, uh, worked for uh, a record label at the same time, non sozo related and also sozo related where we would like tour and play we kind of worked as hired guns for different like you know uh pop groups and acts that were uh popular at the time and uh, the the band that we were touring with the guitar player and the uh the the drummer the, who were also hired guns, said hey do you want to um uh we like your playing it was funny i was touring as a bass player that's another. <laughs> that's another story. And, um, he said, Hey, we like your plan. Um, we, we've got this pretty like lucrative, like cruise ship gig that we do. Um, would you be interested in, uh, like hooking up and joining us for that? I mean, we could, we could use you. And, uh, and 20 year old me was like, I am, uh, I am destined for uh, greater things than that. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm not going to play on a cruise ship. Come on. Who does that? And, uh, I've, I really let that opportunity... Because, you know, we were working for the label at the time, and I thought that was, like, you know, the best thing ever. And I really would have told myself, just take every opportunity that comes if you can manage it. Because, you know, that would have been, like, a fun thing to do. And, you know, you can actually make money as a musician on a cruise
0: ship. (laughs) Back in the day, I would have loved to do a cruise ship uh, gig, you know, out for a few weeks and and back, and you're the star of the show every night. That's... (laughs) It's harder to get better than that do you play any other instruments besides guitar bass and drums
1: yes um, I also play uh, keys um, not as good as Corey <laughs> and I um, also play mandolin I play um, a little bit of banjo I can chord a banjo but I can't do the you know the classic bluegrass like hammer style and I have tried violin multiple times I cannot get the can't get the bow That's down. tough.
0: <laughs> Violin is tough. So I imagine you could probably also play an ukulele if it uh, was handed oh, to you. Oh yeah.
1: Why didn't I mention that? Yeah, one of my tracks on my Christmas album is literally a, a ukulele track. Uh, Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, it's just a, a straight up me and a ukulele. That's it.
0: Nice. What pedals do you use when you play? oh
1: Okay. Well, I've I've gone on a journey with uh with with my pedals and um. I used to be the guy that had to have, like, the all-in-ones or, like, the sea of pedals where <laughs> you, look down and it's just, like, monstrous pedals, but, um, I started minimalizing my my style as playing, and I, I've stripped it down to, like, three now. I've got, um, a boost pedal that was, um, it's actually made by, uh, Aaron, Aaron Swihart, the, uh, the uh, engineer I was telling you about, so he actually made my, my boost pedal that I use, and um, so that's it's a homemade <laughs> one-of-a-kind, and then um, if for distortion, I just use my uh, my Eggnator uh, amps uh, a dirty channel, that, that's my amp that I use, Egnator is a very versatile amp uh, for any guitar players that are listening, uh, it, it's a tube amp, it gives you the best of both worlds, it can give you, th- you know, the Vox sound or the, the Fender Twin sound, and you can blend between the tubes. It's a really versatile amp. And then my uh, pride and joy is my uh, Matthews Effects Cosmonaut um, Astronomer pedal uh, that does all the ethereal like delay and uh, reverby stuff. So it's a pretty minimalistic set. And I have a a Memory Boy as well for delays.
0: Well, that. Uh, ethereal music is really caught on in a big way in recent years so that's interesting that you have a pedal that sort of gets you there without having to oh yeah dial too much stuff it's in. one of
1: those where you can like hit a couple of notes and then like you know magic happens
0: <laughs> favorite microphone to record with
1: favorite microphone to record with is it's an audio technica the reason i picked uh audio technica is it was kind of uh, Was The first time I ever went wireless as a guitar player was Audio-Technica, and I've just kind of used their their products ever since.
0: So have you ever done any busking?
1: Yes, I did. Corey could confirm this story. Uh, This was back in the Sozo days, and uh, this was in Daytona Beach. It was during uh, Bike Week, and that's when all the bikers from everywhere come to Daytona Beach. I needed money for a new guitar, and Corey was like, why don't we just go busk and get you one? He was like, so, (laughs) so Corey grabbed a jar and put like guitar fund on it. And we literally went out to all the biker bars and I just started like playing my acoustic guitar and, you know, it, it got mixed reactions. Either people thought it was like, The greatest thing ever and would like put money in or people were like yeah what are you doing get out of here you know so i i got the full busking experience like the being kicked out and not welcome and also the hey this is pretty funny you know (laughs) and the one and only time that i did that
0: (laughs) oh wow that is a good story did you raise enough money for the guitar we did not (laughs)
1: but i did end up getting it eventually
0: (laughs) well joe i have had a great time talking with you same here uh, with that being said i'd like to be able to catch up with you in about a year maybe, sure and uh do a kind of a refresh uh if you have any new releases coming up i think our fans will want to know about that maybe sooner that's uh, worth doing had a real good time thanks for joining us here on local open mic
1: yeah i had a great time thanks for having me
0: and that was our interview with joe nelson We're going to leave links to all his social media in the description, so be sure to check that to know how to get in touch with him. I'm your host, Tim Heath, for Local Open Mic. Remember, get up on the stage, step up to the microphone. The world is listening!